Hey, everyone. I'm Rima Grace, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. This week, we've got a fun segment that we call The Group Chat. That's where we invite a couple friends of the pod to help answer your problems around money and work. For this group chat, we've got two really thoughtful guests, Sam Sanders and Sarah Menendez. Welcome, y'all. Hello, hello. Hey, girl. Um, so Sam, he is an NPR correspondent and the host of It's Been a Minute. His show is a great mix of news and pop culture. It is fun. It is accessible. If you haven't listened to it, you should. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, thanks for being on the show. Of course. Um, and we've also got Sarah Menendez. Sarah is a product specialist here at Marketplace and one of my favorite coworkers. Uh, she's also a really great advice giver. And I know that firsthand because she sits across from me and I bother her a lot with my problems. <laughs> Every single day. Every day. I love it. No, I love it. Because I bother her with my problems too. Yeah, that's too. true. We, okay. It's a two way. Honestly, I think the whole open floor plan is like really tired of us. It's, well, oh, yeah. they're hard. It's awful. They can be hard. I, I think everyone knows our problems. Everyone knows exactly what's going on with our curls at all times. Okay. Because it's something we talk about all well, the give time. Give me some curls. I'm bald. Yeah, I could I mean, use we'll some. We'll talk about it. I also love that this is called the group chat because yeah. group chats in general stress me out. Do they? When I'm on them with my friends. Mm. There's really? always that one friend who like posts 20 times at once, yeah. and you're like, I don't and you're like, know. Stop! I'm yeah. gonna mute you. Yeah. So are you in any I'm group chats? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the friend. I'm the friend. That's me. My friends are sick of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in several group chats. Yeah. Yeah. I have like, it's kind of funny because like in my best friends, it's a group of six of us. We have like subgroup chats. There's like the LA faction of the group, and then there's like the all girls. It's just like I have wow. three. Concurrently running group chats right now. All three are about Love is Blind, the Netflix <gasps> Wait, show. Wait, can we just talk about that for the next hour? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm still getting through the circle. Listen, oh, it's waiting for you whenever you're ready. It's going to oh, blow your mind. Man. But I digress. All right. So uh, today we're going to be a group chat. We're going to help folks. We're going to give them answers to their money and work problems. Um, all right. So I think we can just jump right into it yeah. and get into our first question. It comes from our listener, Puel. Here it is. I'm really curious about what you all think about how open friends should be about their salaries. I've seen friends who earn significantly more than, say, friend X and have that knowledge, but keep ordering expensive items at a restaurant and then ask friend X to pay equally because we're adults now. I want to know how do I talk with my higher earning friend about being more mindful to other friends' incomes? but without speaking on someone's behalf. Hmm. I really love this question because at the heart of it, it's like, should we talk about our salaries with our friends? I say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I say yes. Yes. I share my salary info with colleagues at work on my same level Mm. because I want to make sure they aren't being underpaid Mm -hmm. compared to what we're both doing. Um, I share my salary with my friends, and I think it's like... Even if they're not in the industry. yeah, Yeah, my rule, close friends. My rule, though, is like if they aren't quote unquote above me in the workplace, I can share it. Mm -hmm. If they're at my level, Mm -hmm. I should share Mm it. Um, So yeah, get over that, share it. I mean, it is a really good way to help people around you get paid what they should get paid, first and foremost. And secondly, it's nothing to be ashamed about. I Mm. think we have some intrinsic uh, thought patterns and beliefs caught up in our worth being determined by our Mm -hmm. salary. They're two different things. Mm -hmm. I think some of the reticence that we hear in that call is this listener worrying that her income says something about her worth. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. 
two right. separate mm-hmm. things. My yeah. whole thing is like when she said that the friend was like split it evenly, we're adults now. I think the adult thing to do is ask for an itemized receipt. <laughs> it, like honestly. And then at that point it's like you pass it around. And you're just like, okay, well, I ordered this. I ordered this. I know sometimes I can get cumbersome when you're working in big groups, and at that point, it's like a little bit more tricky. Right. But like, I know standard in my friend group is like, whoever is picking up the tab, get an itemized receipt, and then you know either pass it around and everyone Venmo's their appropriate amount, or you know charge us what's appropriate. If you're a good friend, like you, you really should be taking into account like what other people's circumstances are. But I also think that there needs to be like an assortment of boundaries. If mm-hmm. like that person is not okay with going to the expensive restaurant, like they need to say that, or yeah. just not go. You can or not, just not you go. You don't have to go to every yeah. meal. Yeah, I don't right. have to go to everything. It's hard because FOMO. Yeah, you know, I will like spend my way through FOMO. No. Right. Yeah, I will Same. definitely do that. Same. Yeah. And you, what do you think about all this? Well. Yeah, I well, I, I thought about it more in the context of whether or not you should just share your salary with your friends or how open you should be with, about your financial situation. Like, I do wrestle with the larger question of how transparent we should be because mm-hmm. I agree with you, Sam, that in the end, like with work colleagues, this mm-hmm. is like a new thing for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should be transparent. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it only helps others. It helps me in the end. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's good for everyone. But with friends, like, th- I've been in situations where it's come up. and how How has it come up? <laughs> Um, Well, it reminds me, like, a few weeks ago, I was talking to a friend, and we were talking about budgeting and finances and whatever, and somehow the conversation evolved to a place where we were looking through our paychecks, and she was like... Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Literal. Okay. My God. No, I'm being serious. Like, this was over the phone, because we were both, like, stressing out about our money all of a sudden, and then it just turned into that. Oh, my God. And then we were like, wait, how much do... You know, how much are taxes... How many... You know, we were just trying to figure out all the details. And then... It came to the point where we, like, I guess, asked each other how much the other person was making. And that felt uncomfortable for Oh, you. yeah. And Why? I was like... Why do you think it did? Because I didn't want it to... Like, I didn't want her to resent me. I didn't want to resent her. I didn't mm. want there to be, like, any weird... She, You're not her partner or her and sibling. True, true. or like, well, y'all, yeah. What is what you make affect what she mm-hmm. makes? Right. That, in theory, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> but then it's like... Then I don't want it to, like, be the lens through which That's what I was about to say. Do you feel other. like it colors the rest of your interactions? Right. How long have y'all been friends? Like a year. It's a newfound um, friendship. Okay. But it's more so that, like, you know, if we go to outings together, if we do things yes. together, then does it shift, like... Probably s- makes it easier to plan. <laughs> so you know how yeah. much to accommodate for. You know what they're working with. Yeah. 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 Well, so all that said, I was yes. nervous about it. We traded. It was fine. I forgot about it until this very moment. I forgot <laughs> about it. So it doesn't... Yeah. I, yeah. Most of the things you're afraid to say, you should just say them. Wow. That is, like, That's always the permanent advice. Like, <laughs> just say it. If it's yeah. true, say it. Yeah. Speak your truth. It. All right. Okay. Next question. It comes from our listener, Nick. Here it is. Hey, guys. I'm uncomfortable when it comes to deciding the line between indulgence versus quality purchases. Is buying the fancy olive oil too much of an indulgence? Should I be guilty about spending $25 on one new pair of underwear instead of buying a pack of three for the same price? Should I feel guilty about buying good seats instead of the cheap ones for one of my favorite bands? My parents rarely took us out to eat without some sort of coupon. We usually got the cheapest seats when going to sports games. They were also avid coupon clippers. I believe in being frugal, but I also want to enjoy things and get good quality stuff without a feeling of guilt. Help. Go first. Oh, go for it, Sarah. Um, 
Nick can have a little indulgence Come as a treat. Come on. Mm-hmm. As know? a treat. Yes. <laughs> he deserves it. I think, oh my God, I, I I wish I felt more like this. I'd truly be going into Target and buying everything in the name of self-love and self-care. Right. I think that a lot of this is like a holdover of like his parents, mm-hmm. um, what they've imparted on mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you and I have talked yeah. about this, Rima, about like feeling like you have to justify purchases to your parents, even when oh, you're not, sure. you don't live with them anymore. <laughs> you know, it's not their money, it's your yeah. money, but you still feel like a little bit of like, how am I going to justify this spending to right. my parents? Remember that one time I told you I bought like a jumper and it was way too much money. Yeah. And then I... My mom was like, how much do you pay for it? Yeah. And I and literally lied. cut it in half. Yeah, I do and the I same like, thing. why did I do that? Really? I do the same thing all the time. Like when they tell me like, oh, oh, I'm traveling to go see my friends here. Oh, how much for plane tickets? I'll literally cut it like by $100. <laughs> Your parents ask y'all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, I, I if it comes up. I wish my mama would. <laughs> I wish she would. So there's a little bit of that going on, right? But this is his own money. And I think that like the solution for this, like absolving yourself of the guilt is like really thinking to yourself, what makes me happy? If what makes you happy is cooking, then get that, you know, yeah. get that $25 yeah. all. It makes you happy. For me, it's music. And I totally resonate with that. I will splurge on the VIP tickets True. for my favorite I band know. because, <laughs> yes, you know. So you're taking me to Coachella. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm trying not to. See, here's the problem is I'm trying not to but go to five festivals, you know, oh, like yeah. I did last year. But find what you love and mm-hmm. be willing to mm-hmm. spend something on it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? When so? I heard this question. It made me think, well, this is more than just buy the nice thing or not the nice thing. Mm-hmm. It seems as if there's a larger issue of like money management throughout his month. Yes. So my advice to you would be every pay cycle, every month, yes. however you do it, sit down and say this much money goes to savings. This much money goes to retirement. This much money goes to rent, whatever. And the rest of it, mm-hmm. I can do whatever mm-hmm. I want to with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have that fun little playscape mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. And then you can spend all of that money, if you mm-hmm. want, on just olive oil. You're right. Because you've taken care of the other stuff. So Balance like, of it. <laughs> you know? So, like, I am more comfortable splurging on Sam yes. when I know that I have saved totally. X amount of money for the month. Yes. Yeah. I also think... Yeah. I was picking up on something else. He used the word guilt a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing some guilt and shame in there about how he chooses to live his adult life. And I think uh, there's a lot of work we all have to do about convincing ourselves that what we want is okay. Mm -hmm. And wanting things is Mm -hmm. okay. And what we want might not be what our Mm -hmm. parents want. But at a certain point, you're grown. And you just like what you like. Right. Right. I Yeah. I, I really resonated with this question because, did I tell you this, Sarah? Just last week, I like was feeling really low and like stressed out. And so I just went on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I... <laughs> the devil is busy, Rima. The devil... So I bought a scalp massager. <laughs> you know what? I bought you got a... 10 scalp massagers on your hands right now. Just rub your own head. I got a Himalayan body scrub. <laughs> I got an essential oils diffuser. <laughs> well, so then, then afterward, I like felt really good about it in the moment, and then like a week later, this week, I was like, man, I was looking, I was literally looking at the body scrub this morning. I was like, why did I spend thirty dollars on this? And I felt really guilty. And then I thought about oh. it. I was like, why do I feel guilty? And it's because I feel like that money should go to more important and bigger things. Mm. But then it's like, I don't. To your point, I don't know sometimes because I'm not budgeting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if I just mm-hmm. have a better sense of yeah. my finances, mm-hmm. yeah. then I won't feel as guilty about those things. Also, the most important biggest thing is like you. It's your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Americans particularly work really, really hard for our money. 
So you're right. Take care of you. What is this supposed yeah. to be called? What's, Nick. What's his Nick. name? Nick. Nick. I will go to the store with you and buy the fancy olive oil <laughs> and get some truffle oil too. It's very nice. Yes. Get the good seats, Nick. <laughs> yes. Coming up after the break, we get into more questions, including one about the very pricey, demanding job of being a bridesmaid. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. All right. So we've got a question from our listener, Nadine. She said, being a bridesmaid is a huge financial burden. How do you kindly tell a friend that you don't have financial capacity to take that role on? Uh, We both, you've been a bridesmaid, right? Yes, I've been a bridesmaid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, me too. So I looked up something earlier because I was just trying to see what like the average cost is. It's crazy. $1,200 $1,200 to Wait, be... Wait, for a bridesmaid. Yeah, yes. like when you combine all Wait, the costs, Wait, that even sounds travel. low to me. I know. I that was sounds like, low. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. How many times have y'all been bridesmaids? I've only been bridesmaid once. Okay. Yeah. Too How much times. did you spend? Uh, over $1,000. Wow. Right, because I mean, <laughs> you travel. There's the dresses. There's the gifts. Yes. There's... What, you get them gifts? Yeah. Yeah. And then... <laughs> And then, uh, no. Wait, wait, hold up. They don't give you a gift? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, here, okay. okay, I'm ready to go, go off. Go for it. Okay. Just go off. So here's the thing. In our culture, being a bridesmaid has become increasingly more expensive. Yeah. Because I don't know if you're familiar with all the bachelorette trips that happen, but sure. it's like, and, and you know, to be fair to my friend, dear friend Stephanie, I love you. She did not she make us. She did not make us. She did not make us go to Cabo or anything <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. But I know that like that's increasingly a trend is more and more brides are like asking, in addition to you being a bridesmaid, right? And then having to pay for the dress and the makeup and probably traveling to wherever the wedding is, right. unless you're lucky to have a home. And the dress wedding. is always you know? ugly. Yeah, the dress. Yeah. Always ugly. Yeah. You know, shoes, uh, jewelry, etc. All that and and a gift to your point. Right. In addition to all that, you're also planning for a trip, like Mm -hmm. a lot of times you're Mm -hmm. planning for a vacation as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like an entire ordeal that like for some people like takes over a lot of your year if you're like planning Mm -hmm. in advance for this stuff. I think that a lot of times in these situations, it um, it gets difficult to like set your boundaries of saying like I'm not willing to do this right I think I got really lucky we were able to say like we're not going to pay for hair and makeup I can do my own hair and makeup you know and she was totally fine with that but I think that because that's expensive but she was going to have a makeup artist and hair person hired and then split that cost with you she was going to pay for it she wasn't going to eat that cost for y'all no No. they don't eat it because it's expensive because it's like it's going to be at least 250 with makeup and hair yep or like maybe like 150 maybe 150 yeah something like that oh my god yeah Yeah. because it is really expensive 
expensive. I mean, it's like depending on how many girls you have in your party, that's like a lot of money, right? Yeah. So I get it. I get why like, you know, the bridesmaid in that situation would pay for it. We opted not to. That was fine. I've heard other bride nightmare stories where they're like, you have to get it because we're going to all have the same eyeshadow color and the same lashes and the same curls and the little hair piece thing. And if you don't get it, you're not being a team player. I really feel like it's on the bride to be more mindful. Yes. Of people's financial of circumstances. Yeah. It reminds me, do, do y'all remember that thing that went viral a couple years back? There was like a bridesmaid who couldn't make all the events. She couldn't um, go on the bachelorette trip or mm-hmm. like be there for the whole weekend. And so she like posted this email that the bride sent her and the bride was like, this is really hard for me to do, but I have to ask you to relinquish your duties as a bridesmaid. Oh, God. <laughs> Do y'all? I don't no, know. That's please, crazy. please give me your letter oh of God. resignation. No, she said. She said, please email back the jumper or email, mail back the jumper. Oh my God! Can I tell y'all how many times I've been a groomsman and it's been so easy? So like, I've been a groomsman, gosh, four or five times now. Um, usually, the the worst it's been, I have to rent a tux for the weekend. That's no more than a hundred bucks. But after that, everything is taken care of. If there's an this event before, they this have the food and drinks. <laughs> um, they give me nice gifts when I'm a groomsman. I got a really nice flask uh, for hmm. my friend Brent's wedding. I still have it. It's beautiful. Oh. I use it. Uh, and I also, my rule is, if I have to travel to get to your wedding and then pay for a hotel room once I'm there, I don't give you a gift. Mm. Yeah, that's totally I just fair. don't. Yeah. That's totally um, fair. I don't do it because, like... I'm already spending, like you say, close to yeah. a grand to go on vacation. A vacation totally I did not choose. Yes, exactly. I yeah. didn't choose your location. You're eating up your vacation days. <laughs> yes, yes. You know? yeah. So I I just think you just have to be blunt. And mm-hmm. to any of my friends listening whose weddings I've been to, yeah, you never got a gift from me. Sorry about it. <laughs> but like, say it. I appreciate and just that. Like, yeah. I mean, I also like, in terms of advice for this woman, I mean, like, is there a way, I don't know, y'all are the bridesmaids, I, like how would you I think, navigate that? I think there's, I was thinking about this. I was. I think that there's a way to say, and obviously, you know, each bride is different and wherever they're at on their journey of planning a wedding, <laughs> it might be a different response. But I think it's totally fair to say, hey, I'm really honored that you asked me to be a bridesmaid. I don't think I can either participate at all or participate in everything, depending on what your financial situation is. Right. And say, um, you know, I might not be able to make it to the trip or, you know, make it to or pay for my makeup, but I can, you know, still buy a dress, you know. And you can show up in other ways, right? Like exactly. you can like lend your time. Exactly. You can like there's so many decisions. You can to say be made like at, for a uh, you can easily say, let me know how else I can help you with the wedding. Right. Let me know how else I can be of service yeah. to the wedding. Um, but yeah. But yeah. There's a way to have that conversation. Yeah. I just think that it really is it, you really it depends on the bride right and i think to the brides out there they should just be like i said more mindful, more mindful. Please, like one of my ladies. friends she wanted to do a bachelorette um but she felt like bad asking folks to yeah, like shell out hundreds sure. of dollars so we just did a staycation yeah. yeah it was nice um all right let's move on to the next question uh all right here it is so my boyfriend and i have been living together for about four years and since then he's pretty much paid for everything like most of our dates and even our rent He has a really large trust fund and insists that I put money that I make from my part-time job towards my student loans. Now, I'm about to start a PhD program, and he's still insisting that I not put money towards the rent. This has obviously been great for my financial situation, but I'm feeling kind of like a freeloader, which makes me feel uncomfortable. 
I love him and we talk about getting married, but I have misgivings about the situation. What do you all think? Should I be happy with this situation and get rid of my student debt or keep pushing to pay some of the rent? I don't see a problem here. <laughs> That's a great problem to have. Send your problem to me. He could live the, he could come live downtown with Sam. <laughs> pay my rent. I'll go get a PhD. I don't see a problem. Also, also like one of the things that clicked as soon as I heard this is like He's asking you to put money down in your student loans, and then you guys are talking about marriage. That's because he doesn't want to carry your debt. Like, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, like at the end of the day, this is for his happiness. Uh-huh. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like, he's investing in his happiness, yeah. their relationship. Yeah, I think the only way that this could be problematic is if he uses the money to like hold it over him hold or something, it over of course, him or to manipulate something, or you know, if it becomes an imbalance in the. It messes up the power dynamic at all. Yeah. But it doesn't sound doesn't like sound it. Like that. It sounds yeah. like a healthy relationship. Yeah. Also, what you can do is find other ways to, in your mind, repay him. Like, right. save your own money to buy him nice gifts from time Go to time. Go on a trip together. Buy him a vacation. Yeah, like, exactly. There are ways to feel like you're giving him something without paying the rent, mm-hmm. which he clearly mm-hmm. wants to pay. Just let him pay the rent. <laughs> uh, well, also, I would say, like, save on your own. Like, so if down the road y'all want to buy a house together, you can say, I can actually chip into this down payment. Right. And you'll feel very good about that. So the money he's allowing you to save now, save it with him in mind. Right. And And there might be a moment down the road to give it back to him in some way. Also, on the flip side, definitely save on your own in case it does go south. Mm -hmm. Because, I'm like, but they're going to be in love forever. I I know. I mean, man, it it sounds like a dream, but might be too good to be true. Because if they do ever get into a situation where, you know, his partner's holding it over him. And then, you know, he wants to get out of the relationship. And he's like, I have nowhere to go. And he might have no credit history. Exactly. Like, you also want to have a credit history. Well, he does if he's paying his loans off. Okay. Oh, that's right. That does build credit. That's how I have really great... (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I should know. Um, But yeah, what's this man's name? um, It's an anonymous person. Okay. Anonymous, keep your good thing. Keep your good thing. Yeah. Don't feel bad. All right. Last question. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to read this one. Someone wrote in asking, a while back, I lent a friend money a few times, totaling around $1,000. It was always for something super valid, like paying rent or because a work check was late. They paid me back about half of it, and I've never asked about it or really questioned it. Recently, I've realized that in the time since I loaned the money, they've also bought expensive designer apparel, weekend trips, and tickets to shows. It made me question whether they even value our friendship. And I wonder, when you loan someone money, what say do you have in how they spend it? Um, Are we sympathizing with her? No. 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 Not at all. Oh, wow. I, I kind of sympathize. Okay, right. but go for it. Go, go she, there. She didn't set any, any. she didn't set any, like, boundaries exactly. or timeline. Exactly. Um, when she did pay her back, right, because she paid her back some of it. Yeah. When she did pay her back some of it, she never said anything about the rest of it, right, mm-hmm. unless she yeah. left that part out, like, unless she did. Um, but to me, it's like... You you don't you don't have any say. You don't. You don't have so any say. So if I came at to you tomorrow and I'm like, "Hey, can I give can you give me $500?" And I gave me? you $500. First of all, I just wouldn't give you $500. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> um, let me back up. First of all, <laughs> I, I know <laughs> you just bought a lot of stuff on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, "Girl, return all that first then come talk to me." <laughs> return um, that scalp massage. I have a rule about loaning money because mm. I've loaned money before Tell to me. friends and family, people close to me, my family. The first time you loan someone something, you see what happens. Mm-hmm. Do they pay me back? Mm-hmm. How long does it take? Mm-hmm. Let that inform your decision to give them a loan exactly. again. Yeah. There are so, like there are certain people in my life where 
I've just gotten over any pretense of it being a loan. Mm-hmm. I'm just paying. You're giving yeah. them the money. There's a friend who always ends up on the group vacations when I plan them. And <laughs> yeah. she's just, I just, I just know going in when I send right. a little itemize, everyone knows this. You're not going to see that money. And she knows it. And yeah. I know it. And it's okay. <laughs> like, I would just say in general, the first loan is a loan. Mm-hmm. If they don't repay you the right way, everything you give them after that. Is a gift. Yep. It's a yeah. gift. Yes. And think of it as such. Yes. W- would you sympathize with her more if the friend agreed that she'd pay her back? Yes. Yeah, of course. And, 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 of course. And if they talked about when right. terms. how. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. If it was like a hey, okay. you know, pay me half by this time and then half by the other time, you know, then it's like, okay, it's been, you know, thirty days. Where's yeah. my money? Mm-hmm. But I think that yeah, I think that in this situation it's just kind of like if Maybe you shouldn't have let her money to begin with if you Come weren't on. comfortable with how this turned out. Right. Also, if it's eating you up this much inside, just bring it up to her. Yeah. And what I would For say. For sure. Right. Like, hey, we haven't talked about it in a while, but it's kind of eating me up. So I want to just say it and speak it so it's out there. Yep. You never pay me back for this stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and suck it up. It's fine. But just know that like that was some tension for me and yep. I'm trying to get over it. Right. Um. I think okay. we got through all the questions. All right. That was really great. Thank you all so much. Special I really thanks appreciate to the it. man paying his man's rent. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll never forget you. <laughs> what special Tinder was he on? Jesus. Thanks so much, uh, Sam Sanders and Sarah Menendez. Thanks, Rena. Let's do this again. Yes. All right, that's all for this week's show. If you've got a question you want to share with the group chat, you can shoot us a note at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. This is Uncomfortable is me, Rima Khreis, Megan Dietry, Haley Hirschman, Peter Balanon-Rosen, and Daisy Palacios. Our intern is Daniel Martinez. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Charlton Thorpe is our engineer. Editing by Sarah Kramer. Satara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. Deb Clark is the senior vice president and general manager of Marketplace. And our theme music is by Wonderly. All right. I'll catch y'all next week. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy.